You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year, and I hope that you had a relaxing and refreshing holiday season. If you were one of those horse business owners that was working super hard during the holidays, I know some of you guys were working sun up to sundown, getting orders shipped, helping customers, and making that holiday money. So if that was you, kudos, because your hard work does not go unnoticed. In today's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about some of the hard work that I put in over the past four months as a bootmobile driver for L.L. Bean. You heard that right. In case you hadn't seen on my social media accounts, I was actually on the road doing a temporary position for L.L. Bean, driving the bootmobile, hauling a trailer, and going up and down the East Coast on tour. I have some really good takeaways that I think you're going to be interested in hearing, including how you can better outsource tasks in your business and how to not be tied to it 24-7. So stick around. I think this is one you're going to enjoy. All right. Well, in case you hadn't already seen on my social media accounts, I was on tour with LL Bean doing a traveling pop-up shop with the bootmobile from September through December. One of the reasons I'm so excited to talk about this today is because it was actually one of the best temporary gigs that I have ever done in my events career ever, hands down. And I really want to just give you an inside look at what it was like being a bootmobile driver and also what it took to be able to leave my business for four months. It was kind of crazy and it was a lot of hours worked and it was definitely hectic, but it all worked out in the end. So I decided to come on the show and break it down for you because I think there's definitely some lessons in there. I'm going to kick things off by sharing a little bit of the background of how I got plugged in with L.L. Bean to begin with, because I think that's definitely a relevant part of the story. In 2017, the L.L. Bean Bootmobile visited Oswego, New York for an event called the Harbor Fest. They came in with the bootmobile itself that parked at this little experiential pop-up. And they brought different products on display and different interactive games and stations for people to participate in. It was one of their early days being on tour with the Bootmobile, and a lot has changed since 2017, but this was my very first, I guess you could say, touching point with the brand and with working with them. I was hired to come in and help out with things such as greeting people as they came through, passing out flyers or coupons, and also engaging with people at the different engaging stations that they had there at the display. So it was all very entry-level kind of stuff, but I fell in love with the brand right then and there because I thought the bootmobile was the coolest thing I had ever seen. And I've worked with a lot of brands over the years as an event marketing specialist, but this was by far one of the coolest. So fast forward a couple of years, L.L. Bean returned again to my area in 2020 and in 2021. But this time, they brought a mobile pop-up shop with them. 
they didn't have that in 2017 because it was too early for them and they weren't selling on the tour. They were just popping up at different displays to just build awareness about the brand. But by 2020 and 21, they were selling. And so I came in and worked my local area of Watertown, New York. And uh, I want to say, like, Watertown, New York is never chosen for anything. If you know upstate New York at all, it gets very rural the farther north you get. I'm way up by Canada. There's not much going on up here. And so when I heard that Ella Bean was coming literally to my town, I said, what? (laughs) This has got to be a joke because no brands ever come to my area. It's just not a city that ever gets chosen for these kinds of marketing programs. But sure enough, they came and they popped up and they were once again hiring temporary event staff. So I was hired to work both years and same kind of general job duties. It was greeting customers. It was passing out coupons. And this time, making sure that the retail side was tidy and that you know clothes were folded and basic stuff like that. But all really, really fun for me. I still really had a really great time. Now, each year when they came through, I inquired about details about the tour because I did have experience as a traveling tour manager, which was you know, basically what that traveling team was doing. It consisted of several tour managers who were on the road full-time with the bootmobile and the pop-up shop going from city to city and popping up their display in every market. And so I asked a few questions here and there, and I was kind of interested, but it was a long commitment. It was at least a three to four-month commitment. And at that point, the couple of years that they came through, I wasn't really sure that being on the road for that length of time was the right fit for me. Now, in 2021, that's when I launched the lead line and that's when I started the podcast. So by the second time I worked in in my own city, I had some stuff going on and I was trying to build a business. And I just said, you know what? I don't think I can even, you know, consider this opportunity, even though I love this team, I love this brand, and I love this gig. So I would just work those couple of days locally as the temporary event staff, and then the tour would go on their way, and that was all I would see of them for the rest of that year. Well, in 2022, I was looking for other ways to get out and do something different. There's only so much time that I can spend sitting behind a desk, and if you know anything about me, you know that I love being out doing live events, and I have a history in event production and event management. and. I was just getting very bored with being home all the time. That's really what it came down to. So I started pursuing a few opportunities here and there. And there were definitely a few that were not a good fit. And one night I was lying in bed thinking about, you know, what could I do that's temporary? Because I didn't want a full-time corporate job, but I wanted something that would get me out of the house. And I was lying there and I was like, what could I do that would get me out of the house doing something that I love? that would still allow me to stay involved in my running my own business. And I thought, you know what? I should reach out to L.L. Bean because I've worked with them now a total of three times, that first time in Oswego, New York, and then two more years in Watertown, New York. And I said, I think they might remember me. So I sent some text messages out. And sure enough, the team remembered me. They said, yeah, we remember you. And yeah, we're going to be hiring for this upcoming season of 2022 and you should totally apply. So they kept me in the loop. And as soon as the job was posted to LL Bean's website, I went in and I put my information in. Now, mind you, I wasn't totally sure that going on the road for four months was exactly what I wanted to do. But I knew that I loved the brand. I knew that that was work that I was passionate about and that I truly loved. And so I decided just to put my name in to see what would happen. 
Well, I ended up having an interview and talking with the management team over there. I told them everything. I said, listen, I love your brand. I've loved working with your team for the past several years because, you know, going back as far as 2017. And I said, I've never worked with anyone on your team that I haven't liked. Like they've all been great. And I certainly can't say that for every team I've ever worked on. But for this team, I, I knew that they always had good people. They really did. I also shared with them that I had other commitments, that I had a horse podcast and that I had some other stuff coming up because at that time, I, I knew I had the horse business retreat for the lead line coming up during that tour time. And I also was planning to go to Equine Affair as a presenter and as a vendor. So I said, I've got a couple of weeks that I know that I definitely can't work, but if we can work around this schedule, I'm interested. So I put it all out there because I needed to make sure that it worked for both of us. I didn't want to commit to something that wasn't going to work for me, nor did I want them to bring me on if they felt like it wasn't a good fit either. Well, a few days later, they came back and they said, we would love to offer you this opportunity as long as you think that you can make this work with the other stuff you've got going on. And again, I had all that transparency, so they wanted to make sure it was a good fit. And I said, all right, I'm going to take a couple days and just make sure that I can get all of my I's dotted and my T's crossed and that this is going to work for me. And that's when the real work started. It definitely wasn't over, but that's when it started. I had to reach out to my podcast editor and say, hey, I'm going to be going on the road, which means I'm going to be batch recording episodes. I'm going to need someone who can write the show notes and upload episodes to my website. And I've just got to take some of this stuff off my plate in order to make this opportunity work. So I wanted to make sure budget-wise that that made sense for me, but also that I had someone that would be able to do that. And now my editor said, yes, she was able to take all of that on, which was great. So part one done. The next thing I had to look into was uh, something more on a personal level, but I had to make sure that I had a pet sitter lined up. While my husband was going to remain at home while I was living on the road, he also works in the events industry. So he did have different commitments where he would have to travel away from home and I would need someone to take care of our house rabbit and my senior cat that's 18 years old. So next, I had to hit up my pet sitter and be like, hey, I actually need someone to come and do special treatments for my senior cat. Are you comfortable learning how to do that? And for me, that was a really big deal because my cat is my best friend. So, you know, I love my horse, too, but she's boarded. She was already taken care of. But I needed to make sure that my my cat of 18 years was well taken care of and had someone that would look out for her for the time that I wasn't going to be around. That worked out too. And the pet sitter said, yes, I'm willing to learn how to do those things and I'm willing to come more often. And as I went through my checklist of items that I needed to make sure were handled in order for me to feel comfortable with going on the road, everything continued to work out. So I didn't really have any excuses. Now, was it an easy choice for me? I'll get to that in a minute. But first, I went back to LLB and I said, you know what? I've gotten everything squared away. I am confident that I can work this tour and do a great job while also making sure that my other items are handled at the same time. So I would love to accept your offer and take the position. I was super excited about it and I couldn't wait to tell everybody. I was posting about it. I was telling all of my friends and family. I was really super, super excited. So this was in June of last year, June of 2022. And uh, that's when I got the job offer and was squared away. But I wasn't actually due to go on the road until like very end of August, early September to actually like leave for Maine and do my training to start the tour. So as it got closer, I started freaking out a little bit. (laughs) And it was mostly related to personal things, just the what ifs, the feeling of overwhelm. 
the like, oh no, I don't know if I can manage, you know, planning for a horse business retreat at the same time. I don't know if I can plan a presentation, two presentations for Equine Affair while on the road at the same time. And so I started freaking out a little bit. And I also had a few emotional nights with my cat at home where I was like, oh, oh my God, I can't leave her. What if something happens to her? And you know how we are with our pets. We get so emotionally attached to them and they're like our babies. So I really started having some second thoughts and I wasn't sure if it was going to be a great fit, but I still packed everything up. I got my bags ready. I put everything in my suitcase that I thought that I could possibly need while also still living, you know, as a bit of a minimalist while being on the road. And uh, I got up the day I needed to leave around four o'clock in the morning to catch my flight to Freeport, Maine. Had a very emotional goodbye with my cat. Uh, my husband, not so much. We're used to traveling separately all the time. So we gave our hugs and kisses and went on our way. But oh my God, I definitely shed a lot of tears leaving my cat behind. And my bunny could not care less. He loves my husband. So he's more of my husband's best friend. But that was a really, really hard day for me to get up and take my things and do something completely new. And frankly, it was scary. Even though I was excited about it, I was also very scared. So I landed in Portland, Maine, which is about a half hour from Freeport. That's where the airport is. And I I got in and got ready to start my training. And we trained for, I don't remember what it was, maybe a week or two in Freeport. And I have to give Freeport, Maine a shout out. If you have never been to Freeport or the L.L. Bean flagship store, it is incredible. I had been to Portland, Maine previously. My husband and I had actually went for our one-year wedding anniversary back in 2014. And so I'd been to Portland and I'd been to Maine, but I literally never realized that Ella Bean had the coolest, massive store in Freeport, only a half hour from where we were. And I don't know, I just kind of missed the memo somehow, even though I was working with Ella Bean a couple of times over the years, I just totally missed the memo that there was a super cool place in Freeport, Maine that I just needed to see. So when I got there, I was just in awe of everything. The store is huge and it's open 24-7. That's right. Like you can literally go shopping any time of the day or night because the doors are open. There are people employed. They are working. And it's you literally can go at three o'clock in the morning and go buy snow pants or a coat or something if you want or bean boots, which are great, by the way, now that I have some. So super cool place to check out. And we did a couple weeks of training while we were there. Now, once the training was done, the team geared up. We piled into the bootmobile. Which, by the way, if you've never seen the bootmobile, you need to go to my website and the show notes for this episode and see a photo of the bootmobile because I know that I talked to some equestrians and some friends that hadn't seen or heard of the bootmobile when I told them about this job. And I was like, you literally just have to go Google bootmobile and check like the images on Google because it is super cool. So if you haven't seen it and you don't understand what I'm talking about right now, you just pause this episode and go check the show notes because it's really the coolest thing. So back to what I was saying, the team piled into the bootmobile. The bootmobile can have like two or three people in the the seat of the truck and underneath the bootmobile frame and how that's all fabricated, there's a pickup truck underneath. So it's all built onto the frame of a pickup truck. And that pickup truck hauls a 26-foot trailer, which turns into the mobile pop-up shop. Now, prior to this tour, I did have hauling experience. I have a bumper pull horse trailer. It's a two-horse bumper pull. It's not huge. It's really just for my one horse that I take out one or two times a year. And I don't mind hauling, but I also 
felt like I could use some you know, boost in my confidence being someone that was hauling. So we did some training while we were in Freeport and we were hauling this 26 foot trailer. And let me just tell you, by the time this tour was done, I am so confident in my hauling skills now that I've hauled that trailer all over the East Coast. Like literally like this boosted my confidence as a horse person. So it's something I'm super proud of. But we got into the bootmobile. And then we also followed the bootmobile and the trailer with a box truck. Not only was I learning how to drive this crazy pickup truck that was shaped like a boot with a 26-foot trailer, we were also in rotation driving this really big box truck. And I have had experience driving box trucks, but never one that big either. And the box truck carried the majority of the product for the tour. So while the trailer opened up to sell out of, the box truck itself carried the product that we needed to restock with, and we would get shipments that we would then load into the box truck while we were on the road. So the two vehicles always traveled together. Once we left Freeport, Maine, we hit the road, and we officially hit the road in September, and we started up in New England. So we were up north pretty early on. We started New Hampshire, Maine, Connecticut, some of those states early on. And then we worked our way down the East Coast. So we worked stops in New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and we got down as far south as North Carolina, which was a first for this tour. It's actually never gone that far south before. So that was a first for this scenario. So we were on the road basically from, I want to say it was September 19th was our official date that we got on the road. And then we ended December 22nd. Now, basically, how we all kept our sanity is that for everyone that was on tour, you would be on for three weeks and then you would be off for one week. So you always had a week where you were off. Now, mind you, if you're someone like me who had other stuff going on, you would leave the tour to then go back and do whatever it was that you had on your schedule that was already arranged. Now, in my case, in October, I had the Leadlines Horse Business Retreat. So I was planning this in my nights and evenings after I would get done doing events every day. And then I would go back to my hotel room and I would work on plans for the retreat. And then when I was finally off, I left the tour. I drove a rental car home. I picked up my personal vehicle and then I drove back another few hours to get back to the ranch for the retreat that week. So it was honestly quite a bit of insanity. Each of us was working at least 65 hours per week. I have never done that before in my life. I have worked some full-time jobs where, you know, the standard 40 hours, what have you, but I've never worked 65 hours a week for anyone, you know, other than maybe my own business. So it was insanity. So trying to plan all of these things in addition and then going off for my off week, which is when I was supposed to rest and doing this other stuff, it, it was pretty crazy. Then I did it again in November. So after the ranch retreat, I went right back on with L.L. Bean and worked another few weeks. And then after that, I was off for equine affair. So same deal again. I took a rental car home, picked up my personal vehicle, and then drove back to Massachusetts then to do equine affair where I was a vendor, I was a presenter, and we were hosting a live networking mixer at the same event. So yeah, to say things were crazy is an understatement. And frankly, I wasn't sure if I could do all of that. So now that you kind of understand how the tour works and the path that took me through all of these different steps, one of the reasons I was able to successfully do this tour is because I was able to outsource some of these tasks and really prioritize the things that were most important in my business. 
I realized there were a lot of tasks that I was handling that were not money-making tasks. So during those months from September through December, I completely removed some things that just weren't a priority to me that didn't have to happen while I stepped away from my business. Some of you have attended one of our virtual networking mixers in the past, and typically I was hosting those once per month. Well, for the duration of the tour, I actually put those on pause. And it wasn't that I couldn't have figured out how to do those while in a hotel room, especially because they were normally on Thursdays and Thursday was our day off on the tour. But to me, I was like, you know what? I have so much going on with these other events that I've been planning at the same time. I don't want to burn myself out by also keeping different tasks on my agenda that I could potentially just pause. So sometimes the answer is you just need to evaluate where you're at with different items in your business and say, do I have to do that right now? Or can I put that on a lower priority level to pick up later? And that was what I did with that particular item in my business. So that freed up some time, which was great. One thing that this tour taught me with living on the road is that I had to be very intentional. So when I came back from working an event one day with L.L. Bean, we did a total of four event days per week. So we typically would do events on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and also on a Saturday, Sunday. And then two of the days were drive days, and then Thursday was completely off. So we were really very busy all the time. When I would get back to my hotel room at night, I would have to make the decision, do I want to go out for dinner with the team? Do I want to sit here and watch TV or do Netflix? Do I want to go to the gym? And the gym was, it happened sometimes, but let me tell you, that tour was exhausting. So there was less of that as time went on. But it was really looking at my priorities and deciding what had to be worked on. My team can confirm there was a period of a few weeks in there where I said, you know what, I can't go out tonight. I have to work on, for example, my presentation for Equine Affair. I had to build that deck out. So I knew that there were different things that I had to say no to in order for other things to be possible. One of the reasons I decided to keep two major events on my schedule in the midst of this tour is because I knew they were items that would significantly move the needle in my business. I knew that the retreat was something that would move the needle. I knew that being at Equine Affair was something that would move the needle. So those were top priorities to me and things that I knew I had to keep and find a way to keep on my schedule, regardless of all of the other things that I could potentially work on. Another item that I let go of while I was on tour is I really just kind of let my social media get a little bit quieter. When it came to evaluating which items I wanted to outsource in my business, I decided that social media was not a number one priority to me, nor was it a top moneymaker. So whereas the podcast made sense to have additional tasks taken on by my podcast editor and pay for that difference in cost, it didn't make as much sense for me to pay for a social media manager while I was on the road because it wasn't something that was significantly moving the needle for me. Maybe that would be something that would move the needle for someone who perhaps had a retail business or an e-commerce business because social media drives more hits to your website, which then drives more sales. But for me, it wasn't something that was going to change much significantly. So I decided not to invest my extra money into outsourcing that particular task. That all comes back to, again, what are your priorities in your business? I had a few really key learnings during my experience while being on tour with L.L. Bean. And one of the biggest takeaways that I had was that I learned that I didn't need to be in my business 24-7. Something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is actually being the business and feeling like you can't step away. 
I can't tell you how many times I've heard entrepreneurs say, well, I can't go because X, Y, Z, or I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And they list out all of the reasons, all of the things that they have to take on and all of the things that they have to manage because they feel like they are their business. Now, in some respect, that could be true and those concerns could be valid. But on another note, those items could be things that you could let go of or outsource. So when I stepped away, I actually realized I got a lot more done. I was a lot more efficient. And frankly, I was making bank while I was out on the road because I was getting paid to be on tour. And even though I was paying extra for these outsourcing duties, it was still making sense for me financially because my bank account was still growing substantially while I was doing all of this other stuff. So it truly all made sense for me when I weighed all of my options and looked at the numbers. One of the other things I learned too is that you need to spend money to make money. So even though my costs were increased and I had to pay more for some of the things that I was getting help with, it still made sense. While I watched my bank account grow, I could see that I had definitely made the right choice. Outsourcing is something that is definitely worth looking at if you have the opportunity to spend your time elsewhere to make you more money. If you are someone who's just looking to outsource for the sake of outsourcing so you don't have to do it, it really comes down to where does your money come from? Where do you need to spend your time? And if you're just outsourcing just so you can have more time to you know, not make money in another area, you don't want to increase your costs above your means. So that was something that was really important to me. When I was evaluating the extra costs for the podcast management, as well as the extra costs for my pet sitter too... I needed to make sure that those costs made sense, that I wasn't spending my entire paycheck from L.L. Bean over into the business. The business was still bringing in some profit, but it was going to be less profit the less I worked in the business. So I had to make sure that everything balanced back out. And again, for me, it did. So now the question is, is this something I would do again? The tour happens every year, and frankly, I am seriously drinking the L.L. Bean Kool-Aid at this point, and I was almost on the verge of considering working with them on a more full-time scale, but I love my business. I love what I do with the lead line and the podcast, so I am still only going to be working on a temporary or contractor basis with brands as I've done over the years, so that's not changing. But I have considered, you know, would this be something that would fit for me for at least another season? Well, if everything lines up like it did last year, I would absolutely consider going on tour again. One of the things that this tour also did for me is it brought me a lot of joy. And that was something that I frankly wasn't experiencing sitting behind my desk at home working remotely all the time. And I realized that I actually do better both mentally, physically, emotionally, all of those things when I am out with people and I'm at these events and I'm interacting with others on a regular basis. I just want to give a shout out to L.L. Bean as a brand and as a company because they took such great care of us. And I now own so much L.L. Bean. I have multiple pairs of Bean Boots. And I have the best winter gear I have ever owned in my life now. Like I am that person who's outside in the cold in the winter. And I'm in upstate New York, so it is snowy. It is very cold. And I live right on the lake too. So we get all of the cold weather during the winter. But I have so much confidence now in all of the gear that they have given me. And they are not paying me to say this now. But I got so much from them to wear during the tour that I now have at home. And I just can't say enough good things. So it's... 
If you have not checked out Ella Bean as a brand, give them a look. And if you're interested in opportunities with them, you can also go to LLBean.com and click on jobs in the footer section. And they have lots of opportunities. But more than anything, if you are ever in Maine, I highly recommend going to Freeport and checking out the flagship store because it is a super cool place and you can buy lots of cool outdoorsy things that will work well in the barn and in other places if you are an outdoorsy person, which most equestrians are. So definitely a must see. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.